is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello there, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 414, recorded on Tuesday, January the 8th, 2019. January. January in 2019. It's our first podcast of 2019, in a way. No, it is not. In a way. In a way. Like, we recorded on New Year's Eve. Yeah. So that was that was pre-getting fall down, drunk, crazy, blackout. Not waking up three till three days later, kind of uh, New Year's Eve party that I assume you had. Well, if you know me at all, that's the kind of thing I like to do on New Year's. Yeah. Did you stay up till midnight? You did. Yeah, yeah. Stayed up till midnight. Went to bed around two, probably. Okay. Uh, took it very easy. Had a nice time, but woke up the next morning around nine thirty, feeling right as rain. Good to go. Went skating with the kids. It was awesome. Yeah, we stayed up till midnight watching uh, Goliath. On uh, on Prime, Amazon Prime. Goliath, is that a show? Yeah, it's a t- television show. Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, I don't know it. It's actually pretty good. I would recommend. Uh, I would recommend it to you and to anybody else that uh, is looking for Billy Bob doing Billy Bob as a lawyer. Okay, he's well. I, that sounds all right. I mean, there's so many shows out there these days. Yep. Um, I'm sort of not surprised I missed that one. But honestly, I don't spend a lot of time on Amazon Prime. But I Me do. Neither. I this do. was the first kind of real foray into Amazon Prime. I watched The Tick, their version of The Tick. I enjoyed that. Uh, but there's a bunch of other stuff on there that I'd like to check out someday, but just don't have the time. Oh, yeah. That's yep. a big problem. Anyways, here we are. It's January 8th. It's kind of the first real podcast of 2019. So that I'm excited about that. Um, and what we're going to do today is talk about Black Mirror Bandersnatch, the latest episode, I guess, of, of that show. Offering. The latest offering from Black Mirror. Okay. Offering is good. Uh, I also have a little bit of Walking Dead news I want to get to, so there is definitely going to be some Walking Dead content on this podcast, so fear not. Uh, but before all that, I have an email here from a listener, sort of a follow-up on something we talked about a few weeks ago that I thought I'd start with. Okay. So here we go. This comes from Simon in Louisiana, and Simon writes, A couple of episodes ago, you asked for people who went on the Walking Dead tour to write in about their experience. Cool. Well, I was lucky enough to get a chance to visit there last weekend. The tour takes approximately two hours to complete and consists of visiting filming locations and sets via a bus. At some locations, you're able to exit the bus to explore a bit more and take some photos. Of course, filming is still ongoing, so there are lots of places where you cannot take any photos. In addition to visiting the sets, our guide pointed out various items of interest along the way, including vehicles used on the show, miscellaneous props, like Glenn's dumpster or Richard's shopping carts or the governor's zombie fighting cages, and numerous filming locations like roads and train tracks and creeks and rivers. Some of the more random stuff, I think. Simon goes on, it was very cool to see how well they utilize space. Everything is a lot smaller than it looks on screen. They use each of their spaces to their maximum potential, but they don't let that detract from the quality of the sets. Most of them are built to code and the level of detail on each set is fantastic. It was also very interesting to see how they reused locations. For example, the Glenn and Abraham death clearing is where Father Gabriel's church was built and the sanctuary is the same set as the prison. 
Oh. It was definitely worth the price. It made me want to rewatch all of the seasons again so that I can pay closer attention to the sets. I would certainly recommend the tour to anyone who's a big fan of The Walking Dead. Sanctuary is the same set as The Prison. That just blows my fucking mind. Yeah, it's, I mean, it. I'm not surprised because they do reuse stuff like this for budget and cost-saving methods and so on, but uh, you wouldn't know it to look at it, would you? It seems completely like a completely different place. It really does. It must be the other side of the building or a different, I, I don't know. The buildings have, you know, at least three sides, right? Generally. Yeah, very, you know, very few. There's there's a few triangle triangular buildings out there, but there's like round buildings as well, which have an infinite number of sides. But or, or generally one. they have more, three or more. <laughs> sure. Okay, so yeah, maybe it's just a different side of the building. Yeah, it could be. And they just make it up, work it up a little bit differently, you know. Um, but sounds pretty cool. And, you know, if if I go down to Walker Soccer Con in Atlanta this year, I'm sure that's probably the busiest time of year for these tours. Yeah. Well, I I guess you would think a lot of people come in for it, um, but uh, I might take it if I could get on, you know, get get a spot because um, it sounds pretty cool. I've been to a lot of these places, to be honest with you. I've been to the Alexandria set, you know, not in it. I don't know if you actually get to go in it, though, on the tour, but I've been to Sonoy. You've been there with me. We drove around to a couple other places. Uh, in subsequent years, I visited Glenn's Dumpster um, lay down on the ground in front of it and had a picture taken, stuff like that. So Nice, nice. I think you should go tonight. I think you should, uh, right as soon as this podcast is over, book a ticket, go to the airport, uh, take a flight down there, do the tour tomorrow, and then come back tomorrow night, uh, and then we'll podcast on Thursday about it. <laughs> well, sure. Can I borrow money for the ticket? Yeah, yeah, no problem. All right, sweet. I'll pay you back. <laughs> I promise. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, well, really, I might do it at some point, but we'll have to see. I haven't decided on my 2019 Walker Stalker schedule yet. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Well, anyways, thank you, Simon, for sending that in. That was great, and uh, sounds like you had a really good time. Yeah, that's cool. Thank you for that. Okay, let's, do, let's talk some Walking Dead news now. Okay. The Walking Dead News. I've got three items in the news here this week, Jason. We, of course, are on hiatus for the show. So there's always a little bit, but not always as much as other times of the year. First mm -hmm. item here is that Robert Kirkman, remember him, of course. It does. Yeah. He has recently responded to complaints that The Walking Dead recycles plot lines. Okay. So this is a thing that's come up a number of times over the years. People look at the comic and look at the TV show, and they see the group going from one encounter with a bad guy to another encounter with a bad guy or group, handling it, moving on, finding a new location, and then having another encounter with a bad guy. Okay. So they have, you know, lobbed the criticism that The Walking Dead just kind of does the same thing. Over and over again. Well, so did Magnum, Magnum P.I., so did uh, the A-Team, so did Knight Rider. Look at Lost, look at uh, Breaking Bad, look at, uh, you know, any number of 100,000 television shows in the last 30 years. Yeah, sometimes things get a little samey, but, you know, really. <laughs> That's your answer, but really, people. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, a letter came into the letter hacks section of the comic, which is at the end of every comic. Um, and, and, you know, the reader of the comic was 
pointing out that plots are recycled and I guess the reader didn't like it so much. And Kirkman had this to say. He goes, meeting new groups and getting into conflicts, sorry, meeting new groups and getting into conflicts with them is every continuing story. It's every TV show. New enemies, new antagonists, new conflicts. And each of those conflicts are different in some way and result in characters learning new things and growing in new ways. The same way the conflict with the governor and Woodbury is completely different than the conflict with Negan and the Saviors in almost every single way. If you think those two huge storylines are the same, this book just isn't for you, and that's fine. <laughs> right. So okay. he's kind of saying, thanks, but F off. <laughs> Yeah, and every episode has the same zombies. Come on, snore. Right, we've seen them before. Like, how yep. do something new. Except for the, the the new ones that just came out. Yeah, right. Well, I I understand the criticism. I understand the fact that people say, well, they found Woodbury and the governor. It was a bad guy. He was a leader, and they had to sort that out. And then they move somewhere else and they find Negan. He's a bad guy and he's a leader of a community and they have to do something about that. And, you know, over rinse and repeat. Um, but I think the, my opinion is that the entertainment is, is there and it's also in the details, you know? Yeah. As Kirkman said, there's a lot of differences between the governor and Woodbury and Negan and the saviors. But don't forget everything that happened in between, right? And everything that happens in between within every episode. There's a lot of stuff going on there. We have a big cast and we have a big uh, group of ongoing storylines at any one given point. So it may feel, if you just kind of look at it from a distance, that it's one thing after another that's kind of the same. But I think when you pay attention a little bit more, as we do, you realize yep. that there's there's more to it than that. Yep, I agree. Uh, yeah, it. Uh, I can see the argument, but I disagree with it. Fair enough. Okay. It's, it's nice to acknowledge people and then say you're wrong. Yeah, I understand your point of view. I can see where you're coming from, and it's a completely valid opinion. You're just wrong. You're just wrong. You're welcome to be wrong as, as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I also thought it was interesting that this has been gone going for a long time, and finally Kirkman came out and was like, you know what? It's... It is what it is. I'm telling the story, and if you don't like it, then it's not for you. I'm sorry, but it's not for everybody. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, next one here is Michael Cudlitz. You remember him? It does. He played Abraham on the show, and uh -huh. he recently teased a return to The Walking Dead. As a director? Well, he, no. He directed an episode. He did. He directed an episode this season, so he came back to do that. But no, he was at Wizard World New Orleans recently, and he is was that on, a is it is that is that a store? Yeah, sorry, it's a it's a convention, another convention. Oh, it's a convention. Wizard, they have a wizard convention. Well, it's called like a Wizard World. Wiz, yeah, wiz, wizards show up. That's <laughs> awesome. I want to go to Wizard World. Okay, well, let's set it up. I'll go to Wizard World with you. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's exclusively for or about wizardry, wizards and wizardry. But um, then I scoff at it. Oh well, <laughs> then then it's named all wrong. Well, I wonder why Michael Cudlitz was there. Well, is he a wizard? He might be. He was there with um, uh, Nicotero and his sidekick giant. That guy's a oh, wizard, yeah. I think. Yeah, they're wizards. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anyway, scars. It's a comic con, and so they invite all sorts of people from TV, movies, comic books, and the like. 
And the schools of wizardry. And and Hogwarts. Like invocation and uh, evocation. Uh-huh. Uh, fire is, uh, you know, ice. I get it. Sure. It's all, when, yeah, when it's you, all illusion. Yeah. That's another school of magic. Well, when you said schools, I was thinking actual, you know, schools, but I get it. No, just, yeah, okay. The, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, anyways, Michael Cudlitz, remember him? <laughs> yeah, he directed an episode. Are you saying that he's coming back as Abraham? No. So he was on a panel at this Wizard World convention, and he was, on the panel was actors from both Walking Dead shows. So I think they did a combined Walking Dead TV panel. And he, at one point, was talking kind of to the folks from Fear the Walking Dead, and he said, I guess on your guys' show, there were some tapes that were shown, and one of the tapes said Abe slash Doctor, which would be Abraham Ford and Dr. Eugene Porter, according to Robert Kirkman. So they could certainly go down that road. Not saying uh, not saying they said anything about it or not, but probably not, so I think we'll stop talking about that. Never mind. <laughs> so right. I didn't read that very well, but... He was saying all these things and then kind of backpedaled at the end and said, forget I said anything, never mind. Yeah, well, that's a good way to, you know, really drive the point home, really. Right, that he's he may or may not be returning to some TV show that he previously worked on. Or, okay. a, or a new one that he hasn't yet worked on. Yeah, that's pretty ambiguous. It is. I'm going to continue acting. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it might <laughs> well, even be for... Another TV show. Congratulations. Do you think Abraham will come back to The Walking Dead in some sort of flashback regarding the story of the exes on uh, Daryl and Michonne? Not regarding the story of the exes. I can't see that happening because the exes probably happened after Abraham died, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't think that the flashback that would include Abraham would go back far enough if they were telling that story. So I can see him coming back in a flashback. Uh, a Eugene flashback? That'd be interesting. Well, it all came up because of the tapes, um, uh, Al's tapes on Fear the Walking Dead, right? So at some point in her travels, she ran into Abraham and Eugene and potentially Rosita too, as they yeah. were traveling across the United States right early on. We know that because the tape was there. So. I think it would be fun to see a flashback on fear, maybe, yeah. involving that, them. That makes more sense. That yeah. makes much more sense. I would like to see Abraham and Eugene, you know, sitting down and lamenting, saying, you know what, we really need to find a girl for him that I can watch him and her. Uh-huh. And then that that's the story that Eugene tells. Sure. I would like to see that. Why not? Yeah. Do you think he'd have a regular haircut? Um. Well, uh, Eugene, you mean? Yeah. No, he probably has the mullet back then. You think he had, yeah, he had the mullet before the zombie apocalypse, right? Because that was, that was his thing. Right. He was like Samson and had his, you know, power hair. <laughs> he had his power hair. That's right. I think he had the mullet pre-apocalypse. He hung on to it and now it's gone. Uh, Abe had a, I mean, I guess not unusual haircut, but a rather bright orange color to his hair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the sort of buzz cut type thing. Um, but I think that's it. I think it's likely a Fear the Walking Dead thing. You're right that Abe's death predates anything regarding the scars. Um, I, I just thought of that because that feels like the most likely sort of intensely flashback story on the main show. Uh, but it doesn't seem like he'd factor into that. So if we continue to watch fear next season for season five, 
we may get some Abraham action and maybe Eugene. Uh, yeah, I, that makes the most sense to me. Cool. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Okay, our last item here is potentially spoilery, everyone. So it's not a, it's not enormously spoilery, but and it was officially announced by AMC and or somebody officially connected to AMC. So they clearly want you to know this information because they've released it. But it is the kind of thing that discusses something that will be happening on a future episode of one or both of The Walking Dead shows. So I'm just putting that warning out there right now. I don't have a lot of information on this, but it's a minor potential spoiler. Okay, I'm ready. You are ready. Good. Everyone else, get ready. Here it comes. Austin Emilio has officially joined the cast of Fear the Walking Dead. Austin Emilio. Who's that? That's Dwight. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so Dwight is going to become the second character crossover after Morgan, of course, to make the jump from The Walking Dead to Fear the Walking Dead. I'm just, now in my head, I'm trying to backtrack all of the interactions between Morgan and Dwight. And I'm going to, I'm mentally trying to project their interactions going forward and what their relationship will be like. Well, did you come up with anything? No, not really. No. I think they'll be adversarial <laughs> at first, but Morgan probably, depending on where he, which side of the coin he's currently flip-flopped onto, uh, he'll probably either accept him as uh, just a, you know, the, a fellow traveler in this uh, great world of ours, or uh, they'll fight for a while. And uh, you know what happens when, uh, when people fight? They, they become friends afterwards. Oh, that's true. They do. Uh, uh, unless yeah, one of them dies. That's my experience with fighting with people. Absolutely. Either you're friends beforehand, and then you fight, and then you're friends afterwards, or you meet them, you fight them, and then you become best friends. Yeah. Did we just become best friends? Yup. We sure did. <laughs> um, yeah. That's because once you've fought someone, you have a mutual respect for them. Yeah, and, and if the Matrix, one of the, one of the crappy second or third Matrix is right, you never really know someone until you fight them. Right. You, you you learn a lot about someone yeah. in a fight with them. We've never had a physical altercation, have we? No, I don't think so. All right, next time. Next time. Next, next time, time we get together. We'll, just... we'll get together. We'll have a few. We'll get have a few drinks. We'll have a few laughs, and then take a swing at each other and see what happens. We'll take our glasses off first, right? Because well, I don't want to break th my glasses. That's, that's just fair, right? That's that's a that's a good rule right there. Okay, take all our right. headphones off too. Yeah, this all sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go see a movie in a couple of weeks. Maybe we should fight in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that. We have a movie date coming up, so it can involve a, a movie viewing, maybe uh, something to eat, and a fight in the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could fight now, because uh, the last time I got into any kind of physical altercation, uh, I smoked afterwards, and that made everything all right. I don't smoke anymore, so I'm not sure I it would work for me. Well, but you, we'll try. You, I mean, I'm willing to give it a try. You podcast now, so maybe have a fight and then do a podcast and maybe everything will be okay. All right. Yeah. So I look forward to that. Um, but Austin Emilio is looking forward to joining Fear the Walking Dead. That is all that we know about this at this point, um, other than the fact that he will be in season five, which is the next season. So we don't know... Um, any more details, what he's going to be doing on the show, if it will be from day one of season five or he'll show up in the season finale, no idea. But Austin Emilio put something out online officially confirming this. And uh, that means Dwight is traveling cross country to wherever 
they are in Texas, I guess, for fear. The only real explanation is that he's following Morgan. Like, really, that's a pretty big planet in general and a pretty big country uh, specifically for them to just wander around in and like, hey, shit, imagine running into you here. That- I mean, it's the zombie apocalypse for crying out loud. It's not like you're all congregating at the same mall of America and you just run into somebody you haven't seen in years. No, I know what you mean. It it does seem unlikely that they'd run into each other ever again. I mean, Dwight, last time we saw Dwight, he went out, he got you know exiled by Daryl and he went to where he was hoping to find a message from uh, his wife. Sherry? Sherry, yeah. Yep. And um, and then there was some indication that she's still alive. So as far as we know, he's moved on and he's gone to find her. And, you know, maybe there is some sort of trail that he can follow to her, but there's no reason she would be anywhere near Morgan either. So I hope they come up with some sort of, you know, plausible explanation for how Dwight makes it over to Morgan's new uh, camp on fear. Yeah. It better did better be something other than just a pure coincidence because I'm calling bullshit right now on that. Yeah. That won't be satisfying in any way. It's just like, Oh, he just shows up there. No, I think, I mean, I think Morgan probably has to travel back somehow and maybe run into him and bring him back again. I mean, that would, even that would be stretching it, but yeah, as long as they work. choose the same route, it's not like it's Canada when we have, we have the one trans Canada highway, right? <laughs> yeah. To get from east to west, you take the Trans-Canada Highway. And it's not even a divided highway the whole way. There's, like, sections of it that are, like, crappy little two-lane highways with, with no lights, mm-hmm. uh, up near the Sioux specifically. But, uh, yeah, if you were going from east to west and you knew somebody going west to east and you were walking, you'd probably run into them if you were sticking to Canada, the, the Trans-Canada Highway because that's the only, you know, unless you ventured into the U.S. Because there's actually good ways to go if you drive up to the Sioux and then you kind of drive down into the States, you can take better highways all the way across country than you can if you stick to Canada. But if you were, you know, respecting borders and you were walking in opposite directions, you'd probably run into somebody right. that you knew that was run, walking in the other direction. But this is the United States and borders are meaningless now. So... There better be a better explanation than just, hey, dude, I know you. It's good to see you again. Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. I don't know. Um, it, it could, you know, there could be something to Dwight following Morgan somewhere, you know, if for whatever reason Morgan has left a trail or there's something, something that they retcon, you know, that that indicates yeah. that Morgan has left a trail somehow and Dwight's able to follow it. Uh, why he follows Morgan's trail, who knows? Maybe he thinks he's following Sherry's trail and he's all wrong. I don't know. But yeah. We'll I mean, uh, you know, Morgan, this, I mean, Sherry this way is something that Morgan wrote on every street sign all the way down there. <laughs> yes, you of know, course. And, and Dwight's confused. Yeah. Sadly, Morgan was just looking for a bottle of Sherry. That's what he really wants. And, you know. Yep. So. It's tough to come by in the zombie apocalypse. I don't even know where to get. Where would you buy sherry now? Do you buy it at the grocery store or do you get it at the liquor store? What no, do you, you, get? you get it at the liquor store, yeah. Do you? I yes. Sh- I should go to the liquor store. I haven't been there in three years. <laughs> that's it. Austin Emilio as, as Dwight is coming to fear, and that's going to happen in season five. So, you know, I think they're pulling out all the stops to get people to keep watching Fear the Walking Dead, Jason. So what it I feels, think so. What it feels like to me, anyways. 
yeah, we're gonna just going to bring all of the cast from Walking Dead over to Fear the Walking Dead, so you have to watch it. <laughs> you have to. It's the same show now. <laughs> it's the cast. You only like the cast. Here, here they are. They're on this show now. Right. You have to watch them. You definitely do. It sounds like something they would do with soap, right? Yeah. You're trying to, you know, you make zest, and then you want to make a different zest, and then you want to get rid of the first zest, so you make the second zest more like the first zest. It's like, well, if you want zest, you're going to have to have Use this new one because we're getting rid of the old one and we've made it just like the new one. Zest kind of did that and it pissed me off. So I'm venting now. Well, that doesn't always work. I mean, Coke tried to do it, remember? And then they had to get rid of new Coke and go back to Coke Classic. Uh-huh. So it doesn't always work. We're going to have to get Dwight I'd like Classic. to try new Coke again just to see. Well, you, you can't. Know? It doesn't exist anymore. I know it doesn't. I'm, I'm saying make it. Hey, does give anybody... Us, give us a choice. Does anybody out there have... A can, an unopened can of Coke, a new Coke from whenever that happened. Someone that would have, have dissolved it. years ago. You think so? <sighs> I don't know. In, in a can, yes. Okay. In the glass bottle, maybe not. Right, 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 right. They might have still had glass bottles back then. I don't even remember when this was, but it was within our lifetime, so. Yeah. So, cool. yeah, cool. Good stuff. All right. That's it for the Walking Dead news. Now we are going to talk about the latest episode of Black Mirror, or as you said, the latest offering from Black Mirror called Bandersnatch. Um, we're doing this because we've talked about Black Mirror before on the show. We did an entire season, what was it, four? Has there been four seasons of Black Mirror? I think so. We talked about the entire last season, episode by episode, one one podcast, and it is one of my favorite shows currently available. I love it. I like talking about it. And anytime new Black Mirror comes out, I'm very excited for it. So that's why we're doing this here. This is a one-off kind of movie type thing for Black Mirror. But of course, there's a twist to it. And that is that it is an interactive experience. As the viewer, you get to choose or you get to make decisions that affect the telling of the story on screen. Yeah. And so, we're going to spoil the living crap out of this. Right. So we need to we need to put another spoiler warning here. And this is an unusual spoiler warning because you could have watched Black Mirror Bandersnatch and still get spoiled through our discussion. Yeah. Because of the way this works. If you watched it, made some choices and got to the end and turned it off, your experience will have been different than mine and maybe different from yours, Jason. So um that's a weird thing about this. We're going to talk about this thing, but even if you've seen it, you might get spoiled. So just keep that in mind as you're listening uh, through this, or or I suppose don't listen, go watch it some if, more. And If you're looking forward to seeing Bandersnatch, uh, turn the podcast off. Like just, just turn it off, go experience Bandersnatch, and then come back later. Like seriously, if ever you want to see this thing or interact with this thing, we're going to spoil the shit out of it, and it's not going to be as fun. Yeah. Even if you've seen it before and you haven't experienced everything, it's not going to be as fun if we spoil it. If you don't care about that, then go ahead and listen. But, like, we're not screwing around here. You might get spoiled if you are in the middle of watching it or or have and intend to go back to it. If you've seen it and you have no intention of going back, then fair enough, stick with us. But it's a weird spoiler situation talking about Bandersnatch here. Okay, so it was directed by a guy named David Slade. He has done a bunch of stuff in the past, including Hard Candy. Do you, did you ever see that movie, Hard Candy? Don't With believe so, no. Ellen Page, great film. He did 30 Days of Night, another seen that. 
yeah, I don't know if I'd call it great, but another movie. Um, he directed some episodes of American Gods and previous Black Mirror uh, experience. He directed Metalhead from last season. Oh, yeah. That was actually, I think we saw Metalhead in this. Uh, yeah, we did actually, or a version of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. So he's involved in the show. The writer is, of course, Charlie Brooker, the creator, writer, and I guess showrunner for uh, Black Mirror. Um, and the IMD description is this. In 1984, a young programmer begins to question reality as he works to adapt a fantasy novel into a video game. So... Black Mirror Bandersnatch, interactive TV. Where do you want to start, Jason? Just our, our thoughts on the story or our thoughts on the interactivity? Well, I've got three different completely separate thought streams <laughs> in the nature of this uh, interactive media. I actually have, uh, I, so I want to start with a question. Was, is Bandersnatch a real novel? Well, that's a really good question. I do not believe it is. I don't believe so either. No. Because uh, it looks like a really thick, from what I've seen in the movie, it looks like a really thick choose-your-own-adventure. My experience with choose-your-own-adventures is that they were pretty thin. Because they were meant for, you know, I remember read, reading them in grade four. Mm -hmm. Or maybe grade five. Or something like that. Uh, yeah. So, I would be interested to, well, it'd be difficult for me because I now consume my novels in audio form. Uh, I don't read novels anymore so choose your own adventure would be very difficult while listening to it on audible i know what the uh, last novel you actually read was i think what was that it was one of the jay boninsinga walking dead novels because for some reason you couldn't get the audible or something and you had to read it or we were away i don't remember but i think you read the physical copy oh yeah cool good for me yeah i don't remember you. okay <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's been a while. Yeah, I, I I tried. There's a series of novels called Dwarves, which I tried reading, but uh, I I have I have such difficult time finding the time to actually sit down and read. Whereas audiobooks, I can listen to it while I'm changing the cat litter, or you know, doing the dishes, or vacuuming, or what have you, mm -hmm. or driving, or uh, you know, such things. So it's so much easier. I you can't vacuum while reading a novel. I've tried. In my younger days, I've tried. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. No. All right. So uh, that now that out of the way, I have three different thought streams on this uh, Bandersnatch. I have it as a uh, a piece of entertainment. I have it as a. Um, you remember uh, the last episode when we talked about first talked about doing this that uh, I remember fondly. Uh, choose your own adventures, adventures, and. Mm -hmm. Whether this was going to be good or not all depended on the execution. Mm -hmm. So I have my thoughts on the execution. And then I have uh, the third one is my thoughts on it as a Black Mirror offering. Fair enough. And and the three of them are different. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, I can I can probably go along with that. Let's let's uh, let's talk about. Well, let's go with the first one. Let's just go in order. Okay. What was the first one? I don't know. Whatever your first thought was was the interactivity. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, well, the second one was the execution. The first one was uh, as a piece of entertainment. Right. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I liked it. I liked the fact that, uh, you know, you had to, you really had to pay attention because those prompts that came up without warning. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my God, I got to choose cereal now? And, you know, you had to choose cereal. And then it's like, oh my God, this is going to change the whole freaking movie. Which one do I choose? Which one do I choose? It was, I was panicky. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Uh, you know, I didn't know what choice to make. I didn't know if, how it would affect my life going forward. Uh, so I actually don't know 
uh, every time I started this over, and I started this thing over from scratch like three times. Mm-hmm. And uh, stupid me, I chose sugar puffs every time. I didn't choose the other option. So if you choose the other option, the Frosties, does he? Does your dad still go and yell at the dog? Well, there are some choices that I think are much more consequential than others. Oh, we're not going to go this through this by choice by choice? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can go find flowcharts and, you know, story I'm looking maps. at a flowchart, but... Okay, good. <laughs> you know, I just, I want to, you know, if you want to go, how detailed do you want to go? You Like, uh, no. so anyway, uh, as a piece of entertainment, I really, I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed the, uh, the not knowing, the, the you uh-huh. know, the consequences of having to make a choice. It's like, I'm never going to know what happens on the other stream. Well, I will eventually, but uh, it's, it's like living life. You know, you make it, you have to make a choice and like... What what happened? What about the choice I didn't make? What happens there? I'll never know. You will never know. No, but yeah. in this situation, you could know because you can go back and make a different choice the other time. Um, sounds like you're a dummy and chose the same cereal every time. But that, that's the one I chose every time. I I made other choices, but I seem to, um, you know, when you fall out of a tree and you feel like you hit every branch on the way down. Sure. Uh, I think that's how I watch this this movie. So because you, every choice I made ended up in a dead end. Every single one. Really? Like, I hit all of the dead ends until I got, finally got to an ending. I just, I felt like I was being um, railroaded. Because uh, yeah. there's only one choice tree, that one choice that gets you further down the path. And then every, there's, like a choose your own adventure, you make a choice and then you flip to the page and you just said, well, that didn't work and you died. Uh-huh. Crap, and you got to go back. Yeah. So that's part of the part of the the entertainment is you make a choice. It just it just ends, and it seems like I hit every dead end along the way, every okay. single one. Right, but it, my experience with this. So to to just go back really quickly to your as a piece of entertainment from a like a a premise and story and acting standpoint, I thought it was all really great. I think as an episode of Black Mirror, it stands with just about any other episode in the series. You know, some are better than others, but this one was was good and you could and it, and you can tell why it's a Black Mirror episode, you know, it it had the same sort of themes and commentary on things and so on. Uh premise is cool. I enjoyed it being set in the 80s. Uh, and sort of, we're going to put a pin in that black mirror thing. Cause I disagree with you. Okay. Well, well, and we'll come back to that though. Sure. Um, like the video game culture in the eighties a little bit, which was, I was huge into for a while. You know, I played a lot of games in the eighties. I wasn't making them because I was a kid, but, uh, I played a lot of them and I know a lot of them and stuff like that. So that sort of resonated with me. Um, and then, and then, yeah, the actors I thought were great and, and kind of a fun story. The... Um, the choices I made through it, see my experience there, I, well, I should say that I didn't like the interactive, interactive element to it quite as much, to be honest with you. I think the execution was good. Um, and it was kind of fun to play along, but I'm not so sure I, I love the whole idea of it, but that's a different thing. Um, but my experience of doing it was I never really felt like I got to a dead end. So when we were watching it, we sat here, we made some choices. We got through to a point where it kind of ended. Like there was sort of an ending credits came up. 
But really? then, yeah, but then it gave us a, it gave us the direct, um, option to either like quit, go watch something else or go back to a key decision. So that was your first experience of an that, ending. That was my first experience. Oh, come on. I like the thing ended to me like ever there's, there's like seven or eight different places that it ended before you get to a place where you have credits. Well, and I hit every one of those. It's weird because I, I've gone and looked it up a little bit, you know, since then. There are apparently five primary endings you can get. Yeah. And so when we watched it, yeah, the first time we went through, we got to one. It didn't really feel like an ending because they gave you the option to go back, um, which we took. Because at that point we'd, we'd gone through and it didn't feel like it was very long or so on. And I was very yeah. curious about some of the other options, right? Well, well, do you remember what option that was? Was it, uh, you know, working at the, uh, at Tuckersoft? Uh, like well, that's... given the option to work at Tuckersoft, did you want to go alone or did you say, yeah, I want to work here? No, I chose, I want to work here. Yeah. That's the first, that's the first dead end that you come across. It's the first dead end I hit. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and then when I hit that. I thought uh, there's there's video games out there where uh, making the same choice over and over has a different effect. So I chose, I went back to the key decision beforehand and I chose that work at Tuckersoft like eight times because <laughs> I wanted to see if something else would happen. Because, because it was your second watch through yeah. and you thought it might be different. Yeah, hitting the same choice. I mean, I know that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, but that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I wanted to see if this thing would give me a different result. Okay. And it did not. Yeah, you absolutely did not. You're right. You're you're absolutely right. We did choose that one, or I did choose that one the first time, and um, you get to, you know, it, it kind of is a dead end, but it immediately takes you back to the beginning yes. and you kind of zip through the beginning and it basically tells you, uh, choose the other one sort of thing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's so, how I, that's why I felt a little railroaded sometimes. Right. And okay. I agree with you, but at the time I didn't think of that as like a dead end. I sort of felt like I, I just wasn't thinking about it that way. I sort of looked at that and was like, Oh, okay. So that's, that's something that happened, but the episode's not over. It just, this is how it's going to work. They're going to take you back until you choose the one it wants you to choose. And you eventually get through to one of these five primary endings. But that, it didn't seem like that happened to me very often the first time through. Eventually I got to one where it felt like a semi-ending where there was some credits and, and that, but it did say, go back to this, this point. And I think the point it went back to was the therapy point where it's like, talk about yeah. mom or don't talk about mom. That was a very key decision point in the whole episode, right? Yeah. There it, was also, there was also a follow Colin, uh, one yes. where he's like, you can go in and talk to Dr. Hayes or you can follow Colin. Right. And I went in to talk to Dr. Hayes the first time. So I got a little farther down there, but then I went, then after I got to the ending you did, I think. This is the one where um, the daughter is continuing with the work in the future. Yeah. Is that the first real ending? That's the first real ending I got to. But I hit all the other ones along the way. But then you could go back to follow Colin, and then it takes you down a different path. Right, where he, where he goes out the, off the balcony, or one of you that, does. One of you does, yeah. yeah. Did no, you choose the Colin or you? I, I, ended, up choosing, I ended up choosing both. Um, no, but which one did you choose first? Oh, Colin. Oh, I chose Stefan first. I'm like, I'm going off this balcony. I want to see what happens. I died. <laughs> you died, and then you you go back and you have you make the other choice. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So after that first kind of false ending, I got, I didn't get 
another after that i felt a little bit more guided through it or i railroaded isn't the right word but i know what you mean but to me it felt like i got to points where yeah i died or i got in a a fight with my therapist which was awesome or whatever it was and then it just kind of automatically takes you back there was no like it didn't feel like it was ending it felt like you made the wrong choice let's go back and try that again and throughout the Throughout the like watch through, I guess if that's what you can call it, I, I almost want to call it a playthrough, but you know, a yeah, playthrough, a run through. Yeah. Um, I think after later when I went and read about the endings, I basically ended up, I think, seeing four out of the five primary endings. Yeah. Me too, actually. Until I got to a point where it actually was like, okay, you're over, you're done now. Um, credits roll, you know, there's no going back at that point. So, um, you know, uh, it was, it was kind of cool, but you're, you're to me. Yeah. I felt like I was guided a little bit to through it too much just to, um, to see the whole thing. It would have been a little cooler and, you know, obviously way more complex to, to create or just more expensive to have actual five full divergent storylines. But I know that's, uh, probably unrealistic to think. Well, it is for the first time. Right. Doing this thing on Netflix, right? If this right. is a success and people are talking about it and it gets lots of lots of views, eyeballs on it, and lots of people are raving about it and talking about it, somebody will do another one that is a little more involved. Yeah, so this totally. was, you know, it was it was kind of a proof of concept, right? And and I think it's a proof of concept. I guess it was pretty successful, um, but there's still something in me that just was like, you know what? I kind of would have rather just sat there and have them told me a story, a really good, solid story without making all these choices. I don't want all my TV to be like this is what I'm no, saying. No, no, all TV is not going to be like this because pass- there's something to be said about passive entertainment, right? Totally. Uh, it's it's the way I feel about 3D in movies. Well, not really because I hate 3D in movies. Um, when, when there was a time where we thought movies were only going to be 3D and all 3D all the time, I would have had to stop going to movies. I hate it so much. But yeah. the fact that you can still see the regular in the 3D is nice. I've told you my problem with 3D, right? I have two separate distinct problems with 3D. Well, maybe we can get into that later, but I, I just hate okay. it. I don't like looking at it. <laughs> yeah. it it'll just be quick. One is uh, it gets old fast because I don't know about you, but I got two eyes and uh, I can see in 3D all the time. So being able to see in 3D gets old, right? Well, yeah. That's the first one. Good. And the second one is that uh, when I'm using my own two eyes and I can see in 3D, I, as a human being, get to choose what I focus on. Correct. When I am watching 3D in a 3D movie, I don't get that choice. Right. I have to focus on what they've decided I should focus on, and I can't look around. Everything else is blurry. It bugs me. I think that's what I don't like about it, too. It it takes me too much effort to watch it in 3D. I have to, like, I have to think about doing it and I end up thinking about watching 3D and then missing the movie. So yeah. When I watch a movie, I like to watch the background every now and again. Sure. Totally. I, like I just look in the background, you know, I, I, one time I was watching, just randomly watching how I met your mother and bam, fucking Conan was in the background. I'm like, what? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Weird. And he just showed it. He didn't say a word. He was just in the bar. Weird. And I, I spotted them. It was awesome. Very cool. Anyway, that's it about 3D. What were we talking about? Okay, so as a piece of entertainment, you, you enjoyed this. Anything else on the interactivity? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the execution, I thought, was fair. As a proof of concept, it was okay. Uh, I liked the fact that, uh, that I could make choices real time without having to, like, phone in somebody. And, uh, of like, course. I'm thinking the 80s, right? You know, if you want it to turn out this way, could dial one 800 
shove it up your ass. If not, then one eight hundred blow it out your nose. Right. Uh, so I I like that. Another thing I really liked about the execution of this uh, is that uh, the story changed depending on choices that you've made in the past. Uh, so it wasn't just that you went down a different stream. Is that if you made this previous choice later on, that choice affected what was shown on the screen. Right. Like like if Colin died, if you went through that whole, um, uh, that branch where you follow Colin and then he jumps off, he's dead. So later on, when you're interacting with the, with the company, he's not there anymore. Correct. So you, yeah, whereas if, uh, if you didn't go down that whole uh, branch, it merges back in. And if he's still alive, he's still alive and he's there later in the story. Mm-hmm. But if you go down the branch where he jumps off the balcony, He's dead. So he doesn't show up in that later, those later scenes. I liked that. There was also a, 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 a part of the story where you go into your dad's room and you find a, 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 a what do you call it a thing? Like a, a safe and you have to enter a password. Yes. Right? Depending on what you did before, you get like up to four different choices of passwords. I got the good ones. Like I got toy and pack in the same one. My first viewing, I got the two uh, the two awesome ones. Uh, which the other one was JFD and PAX. Uh, but you had to have done something previously to get toy, and you had to have done something previously to get pack. And I got both. So those are my two choices. Good, good. See, I got PAX, P-A-X, the first time, and I think P-A-C. Do you only get right. two at a time? You get two at a time. There's yeah. four options. So I got those two, chose PAX, I think, and that's not the one you want, right, if I remember correctly? Well, Pax and JFD don't do anything. They both go down the same path. And yeah. They don't, uh, but uh, Toy uh, gives you the option to, uh, it goes back in time and your mother shows up and you can make a different choice and you can leave with her right. instead of looking for your toy. Right. I did that and it's like, well, well, you died. That's one of the okay. primary endings. You get on the train with your mom and you die with her. So none of the future ever happens. Yeah. And then Pack is, uh, Basically takes you down the the storyline of you're you're an experiment, right? Yeah, that's right. You're <laughs> you are being experimented on to see how you react to all of this. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got so yeah, I got those two. But then again, this is just another example where I chose one, and then it leads to you getting on the train and dying, and then the show just cycles back to a point yeah. just before that. You make a different decision, go in the safe, and the passwords are different. So, well, that's how the choose your own adventure works, course. right? You choose your you choose the option is like, well, no, you fall into a snake pit and you get bit, eaten by snakes and you die. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't give you the option go back to blah blah blah. You're like, shit, I got to go back to. It actually says return to previous page or whatever, but you go back to, you have to physically flip back to the where sure. you were in the book. Uh, so this, you know, a little more interactive. So th- what I was saying was that based on your previous choices, your choices downstream, uh, the story downstream is different. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in a choose your own adventure novel. Right, right. Right. Uh, so this, uh, I liked that in, as far as the execution goes, I liked that because you could actually do something in this medium that you couldn't do in novel form. I mean, you can do it in video game form. A lot of video games are exactly like this, right? They're choose your own adventures. That's the appeal of video games. Right. But not in a cinema, yeah. right? Not in a cinematic experience. So I, I, I like that as part of the, uh, as part of the execution. And, and I, now that, you know, now that we're saying this out loud, I guess that's an essential component that a decision previously has to affect outcome later on, right? You can't have, you can't really have a 
a story that sort of goes off in different branches and then once it diverges doesn't really doesn't really sort of come back on itself in any way if you know what i mean yep so you know I, that being all said i think they did execute this pretty well in in that regard where it it bothered me a little bit the way i sort of kept cycling back it felt like cycling back to the same things right and um i found myself uh sometimes being like hyper aware of making a choice instead of just enjoying the episode um, right. But that might be my problem more than any, anything else. Um, I was also watching this with my wife and it created a st weird, stressful environment because we were watching it together, but I was in control of the choices. Right. And so we tried to make the choices together, but it didn't really work out. Um, there's a, You're still married, right? We're still married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. No, that, not that's separated fine. or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. But there was a point at the, during this thing where she's like, I don't know what's wrong with you. How could you choose that one? And I'm like, well, you know, I kind of was focused. I, I was kind of more curious to see what would happen if I did. Cause it seemed like, like the more controversial choice, but she wanted to make the one that was more, I don't know, appropriate for her vision of the story. Okay. And, so let me get this straight. Yeah. You were watching TV with your wife. Yes, which I do all the time. That, 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 that's fine. But you had the remote control in your hand and <laughs> was, was was responsible for clicking it and making choices? Yeah, that happens pretty often in our I house. I don't understand that dynamic. I mean, 50, it's, it's probably 50% of the time we each hold the remote control. Here, here's the difference here, though. This Bandersnatch doesn't work on the Apple TV, which is how I watch my Netflix generally. So right. I had to watch it on a laptop, which was mirrored to our regular TV. So all the choices were on the laptop, and I had the laptop on my lap. That's why. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay, so that's different. That's a different dynamic. A different like, dynamic. When I'm watching TV with my wife, sometimes I'm holding the remote control, but I'm not in charge of the remote control. You're being control. told what to do regardless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just a convenience factor so that she doesn't actually have to click the remote control. Interesting. <laughs> well, that's funny, but no, we were watching on the laptop. I was making the choices, but the one, the main one I'm talking about is sort of near the beginning. You're given the choice to kill your father or not. Right. And the first watch through, I chose kill dad. And she's like, what is the matter with you? I can't, I don't even know. I don't even know why you would want to do that. And so that was my first choice. Why yeah. would you not choose that? I don't know. I think it was a valid choice. Is that time. a man thing? <laughs> is it because we're men? It's the only thing in common I can think of. We need a larger sample size. So let us know what you chose and whether or not you're a man or a woman, woman, or, or if you identify as a man or a woman. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Tell us what you thought and who you are and, and maybe we can figure this out. Start a, start some sort of tally. Yep. Uh, yeah. So where was I going with that? I don't know. I, I, um, I, I had a weird sort of viewing experience in that I got kind of hung up on making choices eventually, or, or even from the beginning, I was like a little more focused on that, but um, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm just not used to this kind of storytelling yet. And if they do more of these, I mean, if they do more black mirrors like this, I will definitely watch them because I have to watch black mirror. I love it so much. And maybe I'll just get used to it. Yeah. I mean, they may do another one like this. I don't think it'll be black mirror. I think it'll be something else. Right. And this isn't even the first interactive content Netflix has done. I think they've done some kids programming where kids can make choices too. So, well, um, I don't know. I mean, we were watching uh, Monster Machines and, uh, you know, the TV says, if you want me to go faster, say blazing speed. And then Jasper would say blazing speed. And then 
it would happen, right? But there's no real nothing changes if he doesn't say anything. No, obviously. <laughs> but I think they have done actual choice stuff before. I just haven't seen any of it. A, I don't watch a lot of children's programming, and B, doesn't work on the Apple TV. So, right okay. there you go. Um, what else have you got, Jason, about this Black Mirror? Okay, so as a Black Mirror offering, yes, I don't think it quite worked for me. Uh oh. What I wanted, what, uh, and it teased me. It teased me, and it gave me the hint of something I absolutely wanted. When you got to the choice where you could choose to uh, say Netflix or to put in the uh, right. the little icon and throughout the entire story he's going to his therapist and saying i think there's somebody making choices for me Mm -hmm. right and then it said netflix and you're like oh my god okay say netflix and it's like netflix what the hell is that it's online yeah what do you mean online what the hell does that mean And, and so you're starting to interact as a person watching this i'm interacting with the main character of the story that's what I wanted this story to be about. I got so excited because I was thinking, oh my God, the story is going to blossom into something where I am part of the actual narrative. Uh-huh. And what happened was I'm not. This was just an interesting little side channel where it would, no matter, as soon as you said Netflix, something dead ended before the story would end, right? You either got into a fight with your therapist or you tried to jump out the window and it turned into a television show set. Yes. Right? So, but none of that looped back into the main storyline. I wanted that interaction to be the main storyline, and I think that is what Black Mirror would have excelled at if this whole thing centered around, uh, centered on uh, me interacting with uh, with the main character. And that whole, somebody's making choices for me, comes to fruition. It never came to fruition in my mind. I think this had the potential to be that, but it wasn't, and it's something I would expect Black Mirror to do. Well, yeah, I see what you're saying. As soon as they introduced the concept that you as the viewer were part of the narrative and that you were con- you were making the decisions for this character, I started to get nervous because I'm like, this... While it seems like it could be pretty cool, I feel like this is going to be difficult to do well or pay off. And then when they introduced Netflix as a thing, I'm like, this is a little too on the nose. Like you, I I didn't like that at all, to be honest with you. I was excited about the idea of me being part of it and the character on my screen being aware that I am making choices for him. That is great. That could go in some really great places. I think they should have just taken Netflix out of it, though. Okay, so I agree with you, but I wanted to be part of the narrative. I wanted to interact with the main character, and I wanted that to be the primary focus of this te- this movie, but this it wasn't. television show. Yeah. But it wasn't. Yeah, and and I was nervous about it, but I would agree with you. I think if they went full on into that, removing the Netflix thing, they don't need to promote themselves. I mean, everyone knows they're watching Netflix, right? Um, so it was a ham-fisted marketing ploy, in my opinion, actually having the Netflix logo in there and everything like that, that pissed me off. Um, but if they'd gone all in on you, me, the viewer as part of the narrative, that would have been cool. Hopefully it would have been cool, you know, could have gone all bad too, but, uh, I do think that would have been a really interesting thing to explore for sure. It just, it made me nervous and then it ruined it when Netflix was actually mentioned. Right. Somebody from the future is telling me what to do. Well, like you're trying to make something that in the future will be successful. Tie them together somehow. Right. Yeah. And they didn't. 
they didn't. That's it. That's it. So um, that was the that was the biggest thing. My sort of biggest disappointment of of the whole thing. Um, uh, but then, uh, but other than that, you know, I I enjoyed it. I just I'm just not quite ready for this kind of TV watching experience. I think. I think it was a, it was a good first step. I think it could yeah. be interesting. I think this might oddly enough if you try and marry this with uh like we've we've seen this kind of thing uh in the Walking Dead uh video game where it's it's right. it's cartoony but it's still interactive where us the viewer uh or the consumer gets uh gets to make the choices. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think this could work. Uh, as a live action, it might be a little tougher, uh, but I would expect, like you said uh, earlier, to be five you know, more you know distinct storylines or interwoven or complex storylines, uh, rather than just the. Uh, uh, this seemed like there was you know at the end you could go down different branches, but all the branches ended in the same kind of level. So you got to you had to make one choice uh, that got you further as you as you go down until you got right to the end then any of the five choices ended because that was the end of the end of the show right yeah yeah so uh but you know having a decision of uh you know what cereal cereal do i choose has two different vastly different storylines and i'd be like that it would blow my mind it's like why what if i would have chose uh, frosties at the beginning would that be a completely different story than uh, choosing sugar puffs right but it yes. doesn't <laughs> but but it, and you can't do that with everyone because no. it's just 30 decisions and then each one turns into a different movie then oh my god sure uh it's like um <clears throat> you could do it though because imagine shooting a season of a television show and compiling it into a movie right right if you shoot 40 hours of something and compiling yeah. it into a two hour movie. Or even 12 episodes is like 12 hours worth of something and compile it into two hours of, uh, or 90 minute movie yeah. with, you know, 14 hours of content. Oh my God. Well, sure. The upfront costs on that are probably expensive because you're shooting the whole season all at once for one two hour experience. <laughs> That's well, yeah. I mean, you could probably you could do it like episodes, like, you know, they shoot the, the first main channel, but if you make a decision that goes down a, a branch you haven't shot yet, just like coming next week. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, you could, there, there's ways you could do it. It would piss me off, but you could do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I feel like the more complex, the better though. You know, I, I wanted to feel like, I wanted to feel less that I was looping back all the time is, is what yeah. it comes down to. Right. And feel more like I was making choices in a linear progression of a story, which sounds weird, but I just felt like too many times it looped back on itself a little bit. There weren't yeah. enough key decision points or maybe there were too many i'm not even sure but uh yeah there was uh you know you'd make a decision and basically the the netflix would say no yeah go make the other one right go make the other one we'll show you some new stuff right so you feel like it's kind of different and so on but really we wanted you to go this way so that's it yeah and i was coping kind of hoping that uh that uh, making the same choice over and over would result in different different things because there's a video game out there where uh, I forget the name of the video game. It's very short, but you're expected to not listen to the narrator uh, and you're expected to do things that he's told you not to do. Mm-hmm. And then if you keep doing them, something happens that's completely different. And it's, it's, uh, it's basically, it's it's like an unreliable narrator, but they're telling you to do stuff and you do it. But then you 
don't do this stuff and then you keep you keep not doing it it's like okay that's not a choice you should make and it takes you back because yeah. it's a video game and it's like I told you not to make that choice and you go back and then you do it again it's like fine we'll do this then interesting see even 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 if it's just subtle differences right like if you chose the same cereal four times in a row like you know maybe the fourth time you or or even the second time you your dad would say again yeah, like, try the like other that. one. Just yeah, or like little differences, like things like that might have made it more I don't know, engaging kind of thing. But it would I also I did like that you could choose the music that you listen to right at the beginning is like, "Oh, do I want to listen to uh yeah. Thompson Twins or uh The Arrhythmics?" Right. Right. So <laughs> also and, no bearing on anything, but it's no, a choice. No, but I liked it. I mean, it, it came up later. It's like, "What kind of music do you listen to?" And a voiceover of the main actor said that with no consequences whatsoever, but it right. did come up later. Right. Well, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I did like that. I mean, even make a movie where I get to choose the music. Yeah, that's fun. Right? That's fun. That'd be fun. It actually would be, actually. You know, <laughs> so. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, that's pretty much a Black Mirror Bandersnatch, from at least my thoughts on it. Uh, anything else on your end? Uh, no, I think we got through got through most of this. Yeah, that's it's I mean, it's it's definitely an interesting experiment. I think it's successful in a lot of ways. Uh I think a lot of the problems I had with it, which were not huge problems, but I think a lot of them are me just not being quite ready for it. That being said, you know, design this thing, if you can call it, because I don't I almost don't even feel like I feel like this kind of TV requires a director and a designer almost in a way to like put it all together right and a very yep. talented writer which you know charlie brooker is so um you know put it all together a little more fluid but as the first one seems pretty good and maybe if they do lots more people will get better at it and someday 10 years from now we'll be watching interactive tv and not even realize we're making choices you know so yeah i mean we might do uh can we do an after hours if you want I to want, yeah. I, want, I want to talk about something else too that is re- sort of related to this but uh, just something to be interesting. It'll be short. Okay, fair enough. Well, we can do that. Uh, and we can do it very soon because um, that's about it. I do have one call here from from a listener, though, that's, that's on a sort of Walking Dead related uh, topic, but in a way, I think sort of related to this, too. So let's hear what uh, Jordan from the Nighttime Podcast has to say before we wrap up here, here today. Hello, guys. I'm actually speaking to you from the past about two or three years in the past, to be honest. I'm a long-time listener to your show, but a few years back, I ended up having a kid and starting my own podcast called Nighttime. I'm a fellow Canadian podcaster like yourselves. And when life and my own podcast kind of got in the way of enjoyment of TV, I had no choice but to pull the cord on Walking Dead and Talking Dead in turn. But I'm now on parental leave with my second son, and able to catch up on The Walking Dead, and I'm glad to revisit your show, The Talking Dead. I'm now on season six. Uh, Michonne just, I think, slept with Rick, uh, which is quite uncomfortable. But regardless, the reason I'm writing is just to thank you. Well, writing. The reason I'm talking is to thank you for the great work you're doing on the show. It adds a whole lot to my enjoyment of um, of the show, The Walking Dead. And I, just one thing I wanted to comment on is, there was one one thing you brought up on one of your now speaking to you in the present. One of your episodes a few years back was uh, talking about the idea of 
shows and television being created for binge watching rather than people taking a break, you know, a, a week between each episode. And that kind of resonated with me a bit because I, I have a hard time following a show that's on TV due to that break between each episode. I, I'd rather binge watch it. Maybe I'm a, you know, I'm kind of a, the Netflix generation has taken over. But I think with The Walking Dead, binge watching it's the way to to go at at least in my experience it has been when i listen to your episodes some of the reaction that viewers of the show get are so strong especially the negative reactions and you know the ideas that they're going to quit watching because of you know a, a bad episode or two but when you're binge watching it it's not as big of a deal, but I, I guess if you waited a full week and then found an episode that was really disappointing, I could get the strong reaction. And I wonder if writers now in the era of binge watching, I wonder if a writer has a bit more freedom to kind of take these, these weird, um, these weird detours along the way, knowing that, you know, the majority of their viewers or a good chunk of their viewers, um, aren't going to be as upset with, uh, you know, the creative direction the show took temporarily. But anyway, those are just my comments. But overall, I just want to thank you for, for the great work you're doing. It's um, really helping helping me better enjoy The Walking Dead. So thank you so much, guys, and keep up the great work. All right. Thanks, Jordan. So um, binge-watching shows, uh, it's, it's, it's something we've talked about a little bit and something I've thought about a lot over the years. Yep. Just in regards to um, exactly what Jordan was saying, yeah, like if you if you find an episode or a stretch of episodes of a show that you don't like, that tends to be a lot less evident when you can just keep plowing through and you can get to a new uh, a new section of storytelling that is either better, and that just means maybe you prefer it more, or um, or or it pays off sort of the stuff that you didn't like as much sooner. You don't have to wait for it. Right. So it diminishes the, the disappointment that you might've been feeling for a little while. Um, as that relates to the walking dead, uh, I totally could see how watching that show binge straight through. It's a lot of stuff to watch, but, um, it would compress it and condense it. And you can see, maybe you can see the greater storyline with more immediacy. And so it makes it a different viewing experience with something like, Black Mirror or Bandersnatch. I mean, Black Mirror overall is an anthology show, so you can almost kind of watch it in any order you want. They do tend to release it all at once anyways, so you can binge it, but the episodes don't directly relate to each other. They sort of, you know, on the periphery relate to each other a little bit, right? Because there's some crossovers, there's some callbacks in Bandersnatch to other Black Mirror stuff. There's more. Um, those are more Easter eggs than anything. You're right. They're more Easter eggs. If you're paying attention or you've seen the other episodes, then you you might pick up on them or you might not. Um, but you know, so binging isn't as much of a thing with a show like this, and a choose your own adventure version of a show like this. I think it's it's even less of a thing because there's going to be less and less sort of overlap from one episode to another, probably. Yeah, I agree. So, but that that's good that uh you know, it's nice to get an email from uh from from the past. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that works. By the time yeah. I play read emails or play calls on here, they're all from the past. Yeah, weird. Yeah, crazy, eh? <laughs> but uh, you know, if you're watching uh if you're watching Walking Dead way back then, you got some friggin' dark times ahead of you, buddy. <laughs> if he's you watching. can do it. Get through it. Plow through it. Let's get to the future. Let's get to where we are now. He's in season six, he said. So he's got, 
whatever's left in six, seven, and eight. And damn, man, the first half of season nine is brilliant. So stick yep. to it. <laughs> yeah, by the time you hear this, you'll have gotten through it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jordan, for that. Uh, that's going to wrap up our podcast. Jason has a surprise after hours to talk about in a few minutes. But uh, before we get to that, I wanted to let everyone know that later this week, I am going to be doing a guest spot on another show that some of you may be familiar with. It's the Walking Dead cast with Jason uh, and not you, Jason, Jason Cabassi. I understand. Good. Other Jason. Um, we are going to be reuniting the crew from the Evil Dead cast, the show we did for three years about Ash versus Evil Dead for a very special episode. It's going to be fun, I think. So if you cool. listen, if you listen to, to that, or if you were you know interested in any way, make sure you check out that episode of uh, the Walking Dead cast. You can find it on podcastica.com. And we haven't even recorded it yet, so it's coming up sometime in the near future. Uh, but keep your eyes open for that. And when it does come out, I'll, I will definitely link to it on our Facebook and our Twitter page. So I'm really looking forward to that, and I hope you are too. Uh, otherwise, that's going to do it for this episode of The Talking Dead. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can visit our website at TalkingDeadPodcast.com where you can find all of our episodes, everything back to number one all those years ago, if you'd like to go and start over and go back in time and, and try <laughs> that. You can also send us a voicemail from the site by clicking on send voicemail at the top, um, or you can, you know, just record an audio file into your phone and email that to us. That would be really great too. That email address is talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead or on Twitter at talking dead. All right, this was fun, man. I enjoy talking. It was. I enjoy talking about Black Mirror. I mean, if I if I could podcast all day every day, we'd be doing a show about Black Mirror. We'd be doing movie reviews. We'd be talking about other TV shows. But sadly, got to keep the day job for now. For now, yeah. just for another couple of weeks. We'll see. We'll see how it goes over the next couple of weeks, and uh, and uh, that's it. All right. Yep. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Until next time. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Ah, hello. I'm sorry I didn't see you there. Please, come in. Chris and Jason have just popped off to change into something a little more comfortable. You know what those boys are like. Please, sit down. Help yourself to a drink. And welcome to the Talking Dead After Hours. All right, so After Hours. Yeah. I'm going to spoil... Uh, what's the name of that book? Ready Player One, oh, the novel. Okay, Ready Player One, the novel. I was going to say movie because it didn't happen in the movie, but I wanted to. I want to talk about the novel. You've read the novel? No, I've only seen the movie. You've okay, so this would be interesting. Can I spoil it? Oh, you can. Are you, you okay can. if I spoil I, it? I am okay with it. I'm, I don't think I'm going to read it. I have, I have heard extreme, both extreme opinions on the novel. I've heard a few people say it's wildly overrated as a novel and other people have told me it's really really great so i i'm gonna just i don't know check the age of the person that mentioned it, that it's wildly overrated um if they grew up in the 80s 
I don't think that they would have said it's wildly overrated. No, they are definitely children of the 80s. I mean, born in the 80s, not really grew up, but born in the 80s. Okay, so they uh, are, I understand that they have valid opinions, and uh-huh. I respect that they have these opinions. <laughs> but they're I wrong. I disagree with them. <laughs> right. Uh, the, okay, so one of the things in the novel, you okay. ready, or do you, what do you have, what else? I was just going to say, the person that told me it was amazing was born in the 70s, so that you could be onto something there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, there's being born in the 80s, and then there's, you know, going to see Star Wars or Back to the Future, right? Yeah. In uh, the theater. Right, absolutely. Um, did you like the movie? Oh, no. No. I didn't, <sighs> I didn't hate it, but... It was okay. I just don't understand some of the choices that uh, Spielberg made. Sure, fair enough. And having not read the book, I didn't have that baggage going into it, so I don't think it was a great movie. I enjoyed watching it when I saw it. So anyways, book. So in the novel, one of the, so there's, uh, the idea is that uh, you, you got to find these three keys uh, in order to open up, uh, you know, an area and get the Easter egg and then win the whole shooting match. I'm not going to, I'm going to be vague, but there's uh, in the, in the book, uh, sorry, in the movie, I think there's just three challenges you have to complete in the novel. You have to get three, you have to find three keys and each key opens up uh, an air, another challenge that you have to complete. So you open up, you get the key, mm-hmm. go to the challenge. Um, one of the challenges is a, uh, you're actually that the whole novel and the and the movie is uh you're immersed in virtual reality. So one of the things that happens in the uh, in the novel is that you're immersed into immersed in a movie and you're cast as the main character and you actually have to say the dialogue. And you have to say the dialogue in time with what the dialogue is supposed to be. You have to remember it. You have to say it in time and then you get points for being quick and uh if you uh, get enough, accumulate enough points, you'll get a do-over. Uh, if you flub a line or you're too late, you'll you'll get a do an extra life essentially. Uh, but you had, the challenge is to get all the way through the movie, saying all of the dialogue of the main character. Okay. So I thought that that would be. I, mean, I don't know how you would do it in this day and age, but that would be an interesting video game. It's sort of like uh, it, it's like karaoke, but for movies. You know, you just you're watching a movie. Mm-hmm. And they just re- you just remove the audio of the main character, and it's up to you to say the audio. They have voice recognition now. They should be able to recognize if you've said the dialogue correctly. Well, but I mean, karaoke is not about. I mean, it's, I know but there's no see, challenge to getting it right. You just you just perform it. Like if you just made it karaoke for movies and performed it, and they took the main dial the main character's dialogue out, and you were supposed to like lip sync to it. And and even if the it was all on the screen in front of you, like in karaoke, yeah. I mean, no one would sit and watch a two hour someone doing that for a two hour movie. But uh, you know, be fun for me to do it. Sure, right? watching Back to the Future, and I have to do the whole Marty McFly part. And uh, you know, if they could somehow do a voice recognition where I could get points for doing it, sure. And uh, you know, or fail at doing it, I think that'd be an interesting way of making a video game. That's an inter- that's a really interesting idea because you're right there's oh well there's plenty of voice recognition it's it's already good enough to to do that sort of thing i think especially if you know what the voice what the dialogue is supposed to be yes of course right? you know what it is you know i can talk to my smart speaker that's on the desk here beside me <laughs> don't say its name no i'm not going to cuz she will 
wake up and want to help me with something. But, you know, I can say whatever I want to her and uh, she figures it out for the most part. Yeah, if you already know what the dialogue is, you just have to see what they're saying and see how well it fits into the scene. And you could do this as a challenge with particular scenes from films. You don't have to do the whole film, right? Yeah. You know, make it, make it, uh, you know, pick iconic scenes from movies that are, you know, anywhere yeah. from 30 seconds to a couple of minutes, maybe. And you perform it and the better you do, you get a score. This is a video game idea right here. It is a video game idea. And there's, it even lends itself to multiple players. Everybody picks a character. Right. And away you go. Right? Yeah. You're doing Back to the Future. Somebody's uh, Doc Brown. Somebody's Marty McFly. Somebody plays Biff. Away you go. <laughs> I can probably do that without the the uh, dialogue in front of me, but you know. Yeah. Or you pick a buddy cop movie, Hot Fuzz. You know, oh. somebody's Simon Pegg. Somebody's the, uh, the other guy. What's his name? Nick Frost. Nick Frost. God, I love off, Hot Fuzz. Off you go. Yeah. Well... You might be onto something here. I think that's a cool well, it's idea. Not, it, it's not my idea, though. This it, it, it actually happens in the novel. This is part of the of the novel. So uh, I think that if somebody was not stupid, they'd be working on this right now. It's another form of entertainment that is yet untapped in my mind. Mm-hmm. For sure, I like it. I like it. Well, you know, if they're not doing it, there's probably a reason. But hopefully, someone is doing it because I've I'm not a karaoke guy. No. But, I, but I might do this. I might try this. I almost went into a karaoke bar once in uh, Shanghai. Yeah. In 1997. <laughs> well, I've been in them. I've experienced karaoke. I've watched people I know <sighs> do karaoke. I've but... only experienced karaoke in the basement of people's houses, like my brother-in-law. And I just, I, I couldn't deal with it. I had to go to bed. I, <laughs> I hate karaoke. I, like I said, I was in a, uh, in a hotel in Shanghai. And uh, they had a karaoke bar, yeah. and I looked in the door, and there was, uh, uh, they're probably prostitutes. Like, there was women dressed up God. in, like, skimpy clothes that look obviously like they worked there, because mm-hmm. it was the middle of the day in a karaoke bar in a hotel. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going in there. <laughs> <And> I- <laughs> well, fair enough. But I have been in reputable karaoke bars, watched people do it, and it's fun. And- I have one or two songs in my head that I think, you know, I'd be good at that song because when it comes on the radio in the car and I'm by myself and I sing along, I feel like I'm pretty good. But then it it could be that I'm absolutely terrible, likely. And, uh, you know, it's, it would go disastrously, but I don't think I'd ever get up and do it because it's just not my style. I like you. I respect you. I think your opinion is valid. You're just wrong. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, everyone, let's call it a night. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye.